Switch Radio Sport. This is Switch. Welcome to the Non-League Review on Switch Sport with Kevin Moore and Ross Thorpe. And our guest this week is Cameron Stewart, the first team manager of Coleshill Town Football Club, who resides in the Southern League Division 1 Central in Step 4 of the Non-League Pyramid. Cameron, welcome to Switch Sport. Great to have you on board. Got a fair few things we'll talk about. And of course, we'll have a detailed analysis of the season that's just finished as well. And we'll get your thoughts on that during the course of the programme as well. But I'd like to take a step back, if that's OK, Cameron, towards the tail end of last season. When you're in the Evo Stick Northern Premier League, Southern League Division 1 Central, uh, you finished in yes. ninth place in the table, just a little bit short of the playoffs. And, and in the following week of the season, you, you had two unfortunate losses to uh, Bromsgrove Sporting and Bedford Town, who both made the playoffs themselves. When the season finished at that stage, did you have a good sort of idea of where you wanted to strengthen your squad anyway, going into next season, regardless of what league you, you, you were going to end up going into anyway? We fell short that season, you know, with lack of depth in the squad, really. I think it was um, we needed to win our last two games to stand a chance. I think Sutton were in the driving seat, and we had to sort of we had to win our last two games and hope they'd sort of come unstuck somewhere to get in. It was a strange old season because we were always there or thereabouts, never really got ourselves in there. But you know, we had opportunities to put ourselves in better positions and would lose a game, and we'd take a step forward and two steps back. And the last two games against Bromsgrove, well, especially against Bromsgrove, we had actually sat on transfer deadline day. Had actually signed. A lad that I'd never seen play before, just just to strengthen our squad because we were so we were so weak in areas, uh, and we couldn't get the plays in at the time. And he actually was on the bench uh, against Bromsgrove, so I think he came on for the last ten minutes because, and that's how short the plays were with injuries and suspensions. And we actually were in the driving seat against Bromsgrove, played really well, and missed a penalty just after half time, which might have changed the game. But I think Bromsgrove were already in the playoffs there. I thought Brendan might do as a favour and play a bit of a weakened team, but I think it showed respect to us with the strength of side that he played. And going into the last game against Bedford, it was a game that we, you know, we just wanted to go out and enjoy. We're two and up and ended up losing three two last minute. I think it was, but at the end of the season, I think we were pleased where it was obviously our first level, first season at step four. I think if you said to the chairman at the start of the season, you'll flirt with the playoffs for the for the full season and finish sort of ninth and. And comfortably in ninth, think he'd have snapped your hand off. We didn't really know what we were expecting in that season. To be fair, we we only really knew anything about Sutton, sort of Bromsgrove, and and maybe one or two others. You know, we we visited a lot of new grounds, played a lot of new clubs, and and as a manager, and I'd never obviously managed at the level of football, and I'd never actually played in the southern section as well. Um, I'd always played in the northern section of Step Four, so it was nice to to take in some new grounds. You know. See how things were done in, in in sort of the southern region, and and, and come up against new managers that um, I'd, I'd never spoken to or, or come up against in, in the past. So going into the into this season, just finished, we sort of felt like we knew where we needed to strengthen. We went out and tried to do that pretty early, but it didn't really come off for us, if I'm honest. And it was a, a slightly disappointing start for us. So, Cam, listening to if you look at the uh, not wanting to go back too many years, but your first year at Cozer when you got promoted from Step Five into Step Four, which was an outstanding achievement, in my opinion, for a club the size of Cozil to to be competing to to win Step Five, which I think you know under previous managers they'd they'd always flirted around if the idea had a couple of second place finishes, but then to to get the promotion and you took your momentum into last season and like you say a ninth place finish, albeit you seem quite disappointed that you probably fell just a little bit short at the end. Going into this season, how difficult is it with a, a smaller squad like you've spoke about because the year before you would have played a lot of games. Last year you would have played a lot of games, and like you said, you, your boys just run out of steam because it's a small squad and it's a, a forty-five game season. Was that yeah. something you looked at this year to think, you know, what we've got to get a bigger squad about? Or so were you quite happy with the the quality of a smaller squad you had more so than a the quantity of a bigger squad? I think if you ask a lot of managers, I think if you could have a, a quality small squad and get no injuries and suspensions, everyone would take that all day long. But I think back into the Step 5 where, where we, we got promoted, we, we got a very, very small amount of injuries that season, very small amount of suspensions. It all just seemed to fall into place. You know, Selection-wise, it was very easy for me. I had 13, 14 players a week in, week out. You know, The team near enough picks itself because we had such a small squad. There was one or two that would be suspended and then they would come back in and someone else would maybe be suspended or have a little bit of a niggle that you could rest them. And it worked out brilliant for us that year. And I think that, that stood, us in, stood us in good stead for the sort of back end of running where we needed to win our last four or five games and not drop any points. I think the lads had been there from the start and they wanted to do that. So going into the, the following season, I wanted to try and do that again. And, and I think in hindsight, that's probably the reason we did fall short because we didn't have the, we didn't have the squad in depth. Uh, and that's something at the start of the season... 
I wanted to try and I wanted to try and have a little bit more strength in depth if I could. But again, it, it all comes down to budgets, and it's difficult to keep lads. You know what? On you know, we pay sixty percent of people's money on the bench, and certain lads ain't going to travel to to Birkenstead and you know, Welling Garden cities, knowing that they're going to be on the bench for sixty percent of the the money, and that's where the struggle the struggles are with it. Really, you know, you're trying to keep players happy. Sometimes I admit I've made selections over the last season, knowing that we've got a game away at Offaly on a Tuesday, and I've got to keep certain players happy to keep them in a squad on on for a Tuesday night away in Oxford. So it's really difficult in that sense and I'd, I'd love to be able to I mean the first season I was there in step five we were only playing 25 30 pound on the bench it wasn't such a bad thing when you were only traveling to, to Boldmere's and to Highgate's and to even to Stourports and stuff like that so especially when you're going well in, in, in leagues and, and you're going well in, in, in sort of the Vars at the time but once you're, you're in a, a league season you're out of all the cups and you're just traveling you know back and forth to Oxford as we do and certain lads know they're going to be on the bench they soon want to move on and move a little bit more local for, for more money so we're going to have to try do again this season is trying you know we need to have a few more bodies in and around us I think again although we have we have got a bigger squad we've had so many injuries and suspensions at one time that we've played lads who were strikers in central midfield and you know, we, we need to we need to have a little bit more more strength in depth this season I think a lot of managers feel the same as though you know as much as you'd love to have a small squad with with no injuries and, and a quality squad it can take its toll with, with the amount of games that you play and one thing that we try to do this, this season is enter two or three more local cups just to try and keep sort of lads that were in and around the squad a little bit more happy and and playing these games as well, but it's difficult, you know. And that's why managers like you know Ian Long and Paul Smith now are successful at it because they can at this minute in time they find the balance right and, and keep a good squad together and keep players that probably should be playing at that level in other teams in and around them. So you know, it's something that we've got to try and find and something that we've got to try and do as a club next season. In terms of you've only come out of Step Five, what is it, two seasons ago now? into the Step 4 League and there's a lot of travelling in the Step 4 League. I think it's fair to say over probably the last three or four years, maybe going even back a little bit further, you know, the Midland Football League has been, you know, very strong, you know, clubs like Cozil, Bromsgrove, Kalsa, they've got to the very latter ends of the Vars which show the strength in the leagues. But also, when you look at the finances, potentially, what was the biggest thing you noticed in terms of the difference when you were, you'd were you won step five or got promoted, then when you went into step four? So not so much probably from the, the financial point of view, because, you know, whether your budget increased or not, I don't know. When you finished second that year, the MFL was, was a really, really strong league and it's carried on to become a strong league. Have you noticed much of a difference since you've gone into step four where you've been going to teams that you don't know too much about? I've said it for a couple of years now and since, definitely since we've been in this league. There isn't, between the top 10 in, in step five and, and the majority of the teams in step four, there's, there's not a lot of difference. I think the difference in, in leagues is, is that you know generally in, in step five, if we were going to play any of the bottom six, I would expect us to win comfortably. Generally, we did that season. I think we only lost four or five games and they were to the teams in and around us, really. We never really lost to any, I think, Stourport was the only team out of the top five that that beat us that season. Step four, I think you find that. I don't think the, the calibre of player is, is any any better, if I'm honest. I think the, the majority of teams are very well organised. You can see that they're well drilled and well coached. Slightly fitter. They'll be playing, you know, take one tizzy away. You've got sort of wallet every week this season. Even Kempston, they were down the bottom. They went to Corby and won. And not many teams went to Corby and won games. So I think every week you knew you were in for a game. There was no, there's no, there's not an easy game. Obviously, Wantage didn't want to be in the league and, and they were just doing it with kids. But the first season win, you know, I think looking to get in the playoffs and we're in the driving team. We played Northley, who were bottom of the league at the time, and we were 4-0 down after 15 minutes against us. And they came and just passed us off to a park. They were outstanding, at real good side. And you couldn't believe they were down there. And the one thing that we have lacked is just consistency. I look at teams like Aylesbury United, Wellingarden City. I mean, we went to Wellingarden and walloped them 3-0 and drew with them at home. And they were comfortably in the playoffs and never thought anything of them, really. And I, I just, you know, I just, I think it just showed how inconsistent our season had been this season and not really killed us in, in a sense of getting in that playoff positions. The difference between step four and step three is huge. I think the size of clubs and everything. But I'm not sure if the southern side of the step four is, I don't think it's as good as the northern side. We, you know, where where Sutton have gone into now, I don't think it's as good as that personally. And I might be wrong, but that's my own personal opinion. And I think if we can get any form of consistency, knowing that the league obviously is going to be exactly the same as it was this season, if we can get any form of consistency, keep our squad together with with, the, with two or three added to it, 
for Enfield, we can get in the playoffs and, and have a really good go at it this season. But the key is a bit of consistency. And that's what I, I think the main difference between step four and step five is. I think teams are very consistent. They're very well organised and, and hard to beat. I think, you know, the first goal, a well-known factor for all, but it's very important. I think when we were in step five, it never really made much difference to us because we, we'd go one nil down. We always knew we were going to score. We had goal scorers in our team, Matt Gardner's, Reese Leakes. Ryan Edmonds, Joseph, we always knew we was going to score. So, But this season and last season, we haven't scored a lot of goals. We don't tend to concede loads and loads of goals, but the first goal seems to always be massively important at this level of football. When you talk about the money that you guys pay on the bench and you know you have to really balance the books well because you know you might have a game Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday and you'll start a lad on a Saturday knowing that he'll be on the bench on the Tuesday so he can kind of get his full quota of money. But knowing the money that's in the Midland Football League now, so you've you've mentioned some good points about step four, but I think you know we all know plenty of managers at step five will use the fact of going and playing at step four. There's loads of travelling. You've got to train twice a week. You've got to do all this. Come and play local. You'll be back home for six o'clock on a Saturday, and I can probably pay you what you're going to get at step four. Does that make the job even harder then? So. Have you found yourself really having to try and sell the level first and foremost rather than how much money you can or can't give them? Yeah, 100%. I think as soon as anyone, if you speak to new players, if the first thing that they're going to ask me is money, then I'm, I'm going to start ending the conversation because I'm, I'm not going to sit and tell you that we've got a terrible budget because we haven't. We've got we've got a half-decent budget for the level, but we're in a black hole of a league. Although we've signed Barry from Bedworth, he was, he's a lad that's not really interested in money. And the league has got teams that are spread out across Oxford that have probably got slightly more, slightly less than us, but they can all sign from each other. We can't sign anyone from, from our league, really. So you're asking lads to come out of the Midland League on probably exactly the same money or more than what I can offer them and ask them to travel to sort of big Oswades and, and, and wantages and, and all that and, and be in Oxford every second week or on a Tuesday night when they could be, as you say, home at six o'clock on a, on a Saturday after playing away at Highgate playing for somebody. So we try and sell the club, you know, we train once a week, you know, we, as much as I love training twice when I was a player, I always wanted to be out on the training field playing and being around the lads. A lot of lads prefer to be doing once a week training sessions, you know, with, with work or family commitments or, you know, getting the bodies right for Marbella or whatever it may be down the gym. We train once a week. We're in we're in at seven o'clock on a Wednesday and we work solidly for two hours and have a good blow. We try and sell it on that sense. So, you know, you, you might be earning a little bit more per hour, if you know what I mean, than, than you would be if you went to a step five club going in twice a week. So we, we have to sell the club, it, you know, it's a nice little proposal. It's got we've got obviously we train at the ground, so you're not getting filthy in the middle of winter. It's got a nice bar just to go in after us and have a couple of pints and have a bit of a crack with the lads. So yeah, certainly if I, you know it's something that we have to do. You know, you're battling around it as you said. The Midland League is a, is a very tough league now. It's got some good clubs in it, big clubs in it now. I've been in it for a, for a while, and you know there's teams in that that are desperate to get out of it, and they'll, they'll pay money just to get just to get out of that league. And, and I don't deny them the fact that that's that's the wrong thing to do or the right thing to do. It's, it's each to their own, and we just got to, as a club, sell the club best we can, the money that we've got, and good core of lads there that not so much interested in the money. They want to play for a good club that, you know, that the chairman looks after them best he could. He always buys the lads a pint, and that goes a lot and way for certain lads that have been in and around the game for a long time. OK, so Cameron, so for the start of the 2019-20 campaign, you moved into the Sunday Premier Division 1 Central with a mixture of teams you faced the previous season and some new clubs. With the new teams in the league, which teams did you have to do the most pre-season prep on to find out how tactically they were set up against you on the pitch over the years what i've noticed in the, the money changes hands across across the team so the season um prior to that did cut with what you know one of the better sides and, and the money seemed to come away from them and it went into north Leah thing and you know you've got to try and keep an eye on certain players in that area but obviously i didn't know anything about wantage uh they'd had a good run in in their league and you know i didn't know anything about their league that they'd come out of suddenly it's i'd sort of known a little bit about the club and i played there before and uh, obviously knew it was going to be a bit a, a long distance drive for us new bits and bobs about Daventry could sort of was it was able to ask people about about Daventry but obviously knowing the majority of Bedworth and Howell's own players in there didn't really have to do much on that but the one thing that you know sort of had this season is that I had a little bit a few a few managers in and around the clubs that we, we played last season that I spoke to a little bit more this season through through Twitter and text and stuff like that so we sort of asked questions about that and it was the same sort of feedback as that you'd expect no one really knew much about Wantage and you know I think over the, after the first two games I think we 
knew what Wanted were all, all about and sort of their manager had left and gone elsewhere and all the players had left and they'd sort of realised that they were just going to put a young side out. So, you know, you, you've just got to do the best you can. As I said, it's difficult for me to go watch any games because, I'm, you know, it's hard for me to go across on a Tuesday night leaving work to get to Oxford in time to watch a non-league game to get back late to then go, you know, to be out the next night as well training. So that's sort of difficult. So you've just got to use your, you know, the likes of Paul Smith for Hal Owen. He sent a couple of match reports across after his first two or three games and you do best you can with with what you got. Again, we haven't got a chief scout. You know, we work it between ourselves and ask around and find out best we can. But I've always said, even even when when we've played, you know, at the end of the day, it's set four. It's eleven players, really eleven players, and you need to look after yourself first and foremost. Get your team set up the way that you want to play, and, and hopefully they're going to come out. And your lads will do the business, do what you want them to do. And I think nine times out of ten, if we did that and got that consistently right we'd come out on top obviously when you're playing teams that were step three and step two and you've got to do your homework and maybe set up a little bit differently but I've always been one you know and I took that from sort of Adam Stevens that when, when I played from at Coville is here look after yourselves get yourselves right and stop worrying about everybody else sometimes too much attention to detail can worry lads and, and, and sort of get them on the back foot before the game's even started so you know I always give the lads a couple of pointers around teams about players that I know about in, in these teams and, and how they've played previously we obviously we take notes and everything team we play and, and go back to them for the, for the next game so you know I try not to fill them too much with with notes on other teams if you worry about how we're going to do and how we're going to set up and how we're going to play. In addition to that as well in Cameron I mean you touched on there about the preparation that any team any club has to go through for the start of any season but from a travelling point of view was there any surprise choice of teams in the league in terms of the travelling it was going to take you to travel to the grounds were you actually surprised by any teams that came into your league at the start of the season because we always have this situation don't we where every two or three years the leagues might do a bit of reshuffle don't they move clubs around but from a travelling point of view how do you define it in terms of like travelling to the away matches during the season I was surprised probably that Wellingarden and sort of Birkenstead stayed in the league but they did and, and luckily they, they don't tend with this league that you know there's not a lot of travelling midweek really they try, they try and do it sort of early on get a couple of games out in the summer which you don't feel too bad when you're travelling the light nights across to Oxford and stuff like that I mean towards the back end of this the season before it got mill and voided we was away Tuesday night to Sydney which was you know was a long old trek in North Lee and obviously you don't mind travelling anywhere if you come away with three points it makes it all worthwhile doesn't it so I think with this league we knew to expect it this year we knew the travelling was going to be there we know we don't really tend to get coaches it's not a club that is able to, to afford coaches to every away game the lads know that they've got to get in cars jump in cars with each other and get there and it's part of parcel of playing for Coastal at the minute in, in this level of football that we're at So Cam knowing that the a couple of weeks ago the, the season was all brought to a, an abrupt end I think it's fair to say due to all of this COVID-19 stuff that's going on and we speak to you know, managers as part of the show and you know, speaking to managers as we do and I think it's as someone who's quite active on social media I see quite a lot of the, the non-league footballers all over social media posting their runs and you know doing their 5k challenge in like 22 minutes and it's almost a little bit of a, a wave to, to managers that might be watching it have you done much with the group your group in that sense since it's finished in terms of I'm guessing WhatsApp groups will still be open and that's obviously a good form of communication and staying together but knowing the likes of you know Matt Jackson, Joey Alsall and people like that, Paul Hathaway, I don't see them getting on one of these Zoom meetings to start doing press-ups and sit-ups with one another. Yeah well yeah I think um, I've got a group of players that are really fit to be fair and, and, and look after themselves. You'd probably say that um, Paul Hathaway would be the one that you wouldn't expect to go out with him being a goalkeeper and he's not but to be fair to Paul he, he gets out he pounds the payments um, I think I'd done the 5k challenge and, and nominated him and he didn't do 5 only does 10 miles so 10k so he went out for 10k instead so I contact the lads weekly text them just have a couple of texts back and forth with them mainly to make sure that they're staying safe and their family are safe that's the most important thing at the minute you know football's a back seat and we'll all get back to football eventually when it'll be we don't know but I've got a lot of time for the lads that play for me you know as people they're in the bar they'll sit and have a chat their families come to watch games and as I said, you want them to be safe. If it was me when I'd finished playing, I'd have about six weeks off and have a week running before the pre-season started. But you know, lads ain't like that nowadays. You know, lads, they're in the gym. They're looking after themselves. They're, they're keeping themselves fit. And I think, you know, hard pre-seasons ain't as hard as what they used to be because lads are, are naturally fit. So making sure their families are safe. And we've obviously had a chat about next season regarding, you know, hopefully hoping that they'll all stay, which 
you know, 95 is the last team to be at the minute. But, you know, things might change for the next couple of months, you know. So, as I said, I just keep in contact in that way. I think lads just look after themselves now. I'm not going to, certainly not going to expect them to get on a Zoom and start doing press-up challenges and stuff like that with each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I think some of the players you've got, I think if you suggested that, you'd, they'd probably be looking for no clubs, wouldn't they? But knowing <laughs> that, Knowing that, like I say, you haven't had a game now for six weeks or something like that. If we flip it on its head and, and again, we've all been round and you will have definitely experienced this as a player, that you play your last game on Saturday, generally by the Monday, you've had a text message or you've had a, a couple of Facebook friend requests or a couple of new followers on Twitter that are going to ask the question, right, what are you doing next season? Do you think yeah. because the... Because next season's still potentially up in the air, you know, we don't know when it's going to start. From your point of view, in terms of the players you've got, because like you said, I think it's fair to say you've got quite a, a loyal squad that you've you've kept around you for a while in certain areas and the spine of your team. Does that almost make it a little bit easier that people or other managers at this moment in time probably aren't speaking to your players whilst you still are? So it's you mentioned the part about Paul Billings buying a drink for everybody in the bar after the game, which you know I've known Paul a long time and he's always been like that. There's a real good family feel about Kozel and like you say, it's playing at a club like Kozel, you know, again, players aren't playing there necessarily because that's where they're going to earn most money. So do you almost have to create that environment off the pitch to, to want to keep them there? So if all of a sudden, you know, as an example, a Neil Tuth or, a, you know, a Paul Smith phones one of your players, it's going to take a lot for them to really want to leave playing for you and Kozel. Yeah, I think it has to be. I think... Um... It's difficult because, you know, as a manager, I'm still I'm still a young manager. I'm learning, you know, day-to-day things. And, uh, you know, everyone says, don't be too close to your players. You know, these players, they'll be off for a tenner here, there and everywhere. I haven't really, I haven't really experienced that, if I'm honest, at the minute. I think most lads have been very loyal to me. The lads that have left that I didn't want to leave haven't necessarily gone for more money. They've got they've gone up the levels and, and, and I'd never want to stand in the way. Obviously, Joel Sogo to Sutton was a big kick in the teeth at the time. But in all, in all honesty... The reason that Joe gave me for the, for, for leaving, he was he was a hundred percent correct, and that was proven over the first six weeks of the season. So I, can't, I couldn't knock the lad, and I never would have knocked him at the time. And 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 I think the way I do things with lads is that if they do leave, they'll always be welcome back. And I think I try and create sort of a. I'm not saying that the big like you know, the social goes outers and, and and drinkers and stuff like that, but. You know, we've had a couple of nights out and it's, it's been a real good laugh with the lads. They're all pretty down to earth. They all know what Kozel's about. They know that there's not huge amounts of money. And the majority, of, I think 95% of the lads could probably all go and play at the league below for, for more money. But they like the club. They like the, the atmosphere that's in and around it. They seem to like the coaching staff. And, you know, like obviously Paul Billings is a, is a massive part of how he treats the lads and, and looks after them off the pitch when they're in the bar. And I think even, you know, you go to, to as far as the sort of the, the, the small supporters club that we've got and, and Rob Southall and Annie, um, Annie Paul Billings' uh, sister who, who own the ground, they're all, you know, they, they love they love Cozo. They want the lads to do well. They always, you know, they're very friendly and around the club. And I've said it to a few here before. I, I, was, I was at Coville for a long, long time on 10 years there and I never when I left and played at other clubs before prior to that and after I never had a feel for a club like Coville since I came to Kozil um, never had that feel for, for it at Chase Town when I was there come to Kozil and it's very similar to Coville in that sense it's it's got its one chairman there's no massive committee members or anything like that and it's a friendly family club bringing new players in if I can and you know I so think you use a lot of that knowledge of certain players that you've got on your side to bring other players in as well and I know we can trust him in, in my squad and 95 percent of them I know for a fact when I'm, I'm leaving I'm leaving that changing room I'm not getting slagged off by any of them so that's a massive massive thing for me and a massive thing for the club really and I think that's why a lot of players tend to stay and begin their last pre-season we had a lot of clubs come in for certain players and offer them a lot of money but they knew there was no more money at Cozil and they never asked for it they just wanted to know that we were going to have a go at it which we wanted to obviously but it never materialised and that'll be the same this season we want to have a go at it we want to try and be in and around the playoffs and that's what we'll try and sell our club on again this season Back to your playing days and I remember when you know my first senior job in men's football was assistant manager at Sutton and we played Colville twice and I think you scored in both games and I'm not saying those are the games that stopped us from getting promoted but they certainly played a big part in, in that and I remember again looking at Colville from the outside and you know the fact Adam Stevens has gone back there and they've had such a another good solid season again this year just gone but I always remember when you was a player you left you ended up at Belper 
Belper had built a team for years and years that he was pretty much the same lads most years and they built it on a team spirit. And you could sense that he was a little bit on the outside in that sense. But when you look at Kozil, is there almost a little bit of a ceiling for you in the next 12 to, to 18 months on the fact of what you've built up over the last couple of seasons? Can that only take you so far? Because obviously a lot of the players that you know within your group now, they're all getting the other side of 30. And it's now, does it now become a little bit harder when you're trying to bring newer players into the group? Are you looking at a player thinking, I want to try and keep him here for the next two or three years and sell him what Kozil was all about? Or are you looking at players you don't know going, they might only be here for three months until I get to know them as a person. If we don't get on, then I'm going to move them on. It revolving door after a little bit. Yeah, as you say, when I was at Coval, it was it was very, um, I wouldn't say it was clicky at Coval, but we had a very good group of lads that, you know, if you came into the squad and you weren't, you didn't, fit into the squad you'd get told if you weren't doing things right and I think a lot of lads it was coming to that time where there was lads coming in that couldn't take the sort of telling that you'd be able to take their five six seven eight years ago if you know what I mean when I went to Belp I realised again that that was a very all them lads were coming from Sheffield to Doncaster and that area and I was the only one coming from Birmingham and it was very hard to break that sort of click and to be fair that season actually Belp actually won the playoffs to be fair we, at Cova we got beaten in the semi-finals and, and Belp went on to win it they obviously had that group of players that wanted to work for each other and Wanted to wanted to do things right and win games the right way and die for each other in the trenches and and I think try and create that at, at Coza where I want them to be able to sit next to, to each other and, and look each other in the eye and they'll put everything in for that teammate next to them. I know there's certain players like Matt Jackson, Joe Halsall, Dan Timons, Joe Smiths. You don't even have to tell them that they'll give you everything no matter what. Bringing lads in now into a squad is pretty similar to when I went to Belper. They've got to come in and they've got to fit. They've got to have the right type of character. It showed, you know, at the beginning of, of last season when when we went out of the FA Cup to Whitchurch, watched them twice, had two reports on them. I'll be honest, I couldn't see how we could lose to them, if I'm honest. I really couldn't. I just thought we'd, we'd have far too much for them. But on the day, they played really well, where a keeper sent off, which at the time made no difference. But dressing room afterwards, there was there was a few choice words. Not for myself, I let the players have a go. And, and Matt Jackson was at the forefront of that. And had a go at three or four of the lads, well, four in particular. Bank holiday Monday, we had a game against Daventry at home. Three of the lads that he'd had a go at never turned up. Text to say that they were leaving the club. The fourth one that he'd had a go at, was man of the match, set up two goals in the end. Probably, I think he's going to probably win player of the year this year. So you've got to be the right type of character to come into a, into a small squad where lads are on the same sort of wavelength, you know. And I think Joe Halsalls and, and the Matt Jackson, they're old schools and they'll, they'll tell you things ain't right and, and certain lads can't take that nowadays. So I don't particularly want it to be a revolving door at Kakoza. And I think it probably has been a little bit more this year than ever has done because... You're trying to find the right type of players to come in. And as I said, it's, uh, you've got to get in, in and around non-league games week in, week out, trying to find these right players, trying to find out about their character. And you can't always find out exactly what you want to know about them. You know, certain managers will have players that they, they don't really speak to them and just play them and do all right for them. But, you know, with the way Kozil is, I, I, I like to be in and around the lads. I want them to be able to come to me if they've got any problems off the field and um, or they've got problems on the field. I know there's two or three lads that, you know, I've said many times before, if you, if you feel things ain't right, I, I, you're on the pitch, come and speak to me. You know, we, we can only see a certain amount from the side. If you're in the middle of it, things ain't going right. You know, I want you to be able to come and speak to me and players in that, you know, are just sort of all about themselves or ain't going to take a telling or ain't going to buy into what we want to do. They're not going to last with people like Matt Jackson and Joe Halsalls and, and, and Joe Smith, Dan Timons. And, and as I said, it's it's difficult getting the right fit at the minute. Do you look at some of the good managers you've played at for over the years? And, you know, I think the, the one manager that you keep referring back to just because of the time you had at the club was Adam Stevens. Do you see yourself taking a lot of how he manages? So a good friend of the show is, is Steve Hinks and he's had you know, a year with Adam this year and he, and he talks about how simple he keeps everything. He doesn't try and make anything too complicated. He keeps it real and straight to the point. But lads would run for a brick wall for him. Do you see yourself that you've tried to take a lot of what you learned from him, good and potentially bad, sculpt you a little bit in the early days of management? And when you've played for managers such as him, do you look and go, well, I've got a, quite an experienced dressing room. They know when I'm coming in to talk. It's, it's almost a little bit that old school of sometimes... Let the lads try and sort it out before you feel you have to go in and sort it out. 
Hundred percent. I think. I think if it wasn't for Adam and the, and the assistant at the time, Matt Cover, when I went there, Dave Stringer, I don't think I would have. I've played many non-league football games. I think I was. I've, you know, I'd obviously sort of come out of the pro game, come out of that, and I think you're in a shock that you've come into non-league football and had a couple of seasons in York and had come back to Birmingham and things just worked out for me. And I wasn't enjoying football. And I think if it wasn't for Adam and, and his management style and, and, and Dave's management style, I think I probably would have knocked on head if I'm honest and uh, done whatever else on a Saturday because it just couldn't seem myself getting out of bed and not really enjoying myself and not you know I was really unfit you know I was never really ridiculously fit as a player but I was I was well overweight and I just wasn't loving football at Addison at the time and Adam took me under it took me under his wing and, and got the best years out of me obviously when I was at Coval I was there for 10 years whatever it was 300 games and I absolutely loved it there and he gave as I said he gave you a, a couple of pointers about the opposition team but him and the assistant manager going forward a few years with Danny Martin they weren't interested in, in any other teams there was nothing to worry about in their eyes we just needed to do things the way that we need to do things and, and we would beat teams and you know the two years at step four or three years at step four you know we had a look at it the first year in the two years we, we got to put the playoffs in both years and, and probably should have won the league both years and, and sort of blew it towards the back end but I took a lot from his management style and you, you take a lot from other managers that you've been in around that you don't want to do as well so I look at you know the managers in the game at the minute and you know everyone's got certain managers styles you know Ian Long's got a different management style to, to what a lot of managers would say he's right but he's a winner and he wins games he wins promotions and no one can knock, knock the way he does things and I think everyone, you know everyone's got their own opinion on football and that's why it's the best game in the world but you do what's best for you and maybe I would change certain things if I was to go to a club with a massive budget I don't know I've not been there so I don't know at the minute but the way I want to do things at a small club with a so we say a mediocre budget is you know have that management style where they can come and speak to me and, and when things need to be done they go to do it for me and I know I've got players in that team you know Liam Molesworth is the prime example he'll, he'll admit to you at times his quality can be terrible but the work rate that the kid gives you is probably second to none he's up and down that right hand side and a lot of people would probably come and watch him on certain games and think well I don't know why he plays week in week out I know I've got certain people that I know say that about him but probably want to be one of the player of the years this season as well he was our top goal scorer his work rate is outstanding on his days unplayable but again, it's that little bit of lack of consistency that if he could bring that to his game, would push us on a bit closer to that playoffs. But I get on great with him, as I do with all the players. At this stage in my life, 36 and, and, and still new into the game, that's the sort of management style I want to take at the minute. Cammy, you just mentioned there about, um, about Liam Molesworth, who had a great season for the club. He scored 11 goals in 24 games, so a good return rate for him in terms of the amount of goals he scored. But uh, let's also take a quick look at some of the other signings, some of the players that had a key sort of say in the season for you as well. You managed to re-sign uh, Barry Fitzharris, who had a bit of experience, who was from Bedworth. He knew how Bedworth were going to set up against you as a team as well. You've already yeah. mentioned about the experience of players like Joe Halsall as well. But also you, you secured the services of players like Zayn Hakim, who played for Southern Premier Outfit Barwell. And obviously through your connections to Colville, you get to know to these players. And you, as you just mentioned about Adam Stevens and the connection you got with Colville as well. So in terms of that various points during the season, we had to sort of look to get all the recruitments in, all the reinforcements in. How did you find that situation? Did you manage to sort of tap into your local contacts and people you know at Colville and other clubs? And did you generally find it was quite easy to get the players you need to at various points during the season? I just happened to ring uh, Adam just to see if he'd got anywhere over that over that area, any, anywhere in that Leicester area. We've got Amavir Sandy that comes over from the Leicester area, so seeing that they could maybe someone that could jump in with Amavir, and he just happened to mention this, Miss Louis, who couldn't get into his squad. But obviously, I did my research, and he'd been at Mansfield as a kid, and, and he'd been out on loan a couple of games. I think he'd been to Belper and stuff like that. So we just took a chance on him, and, and he did really well. And unfortunately, I think he played about 15 games, so and then the travelling was just getting a little bit too much for him, so he ended up going to Grantham. So again, shows that he's gone into a step three club, and you know, he's done done really, really well. And obviously, knowing Joe House and I've seen Barry Fitzharris play for a long, long time. So, you know, Joe Halster was a no-brainer. You know, when he left, he was he knew he knew that he could just ring me at any one point and we'd, we'd welcome him back with open arms. He was our captain from the year that we got promoted, one of the players of the years for our first year at Step Four and a real catalyst for our team, the driving force, the engine in the middle of midfield. And, and we missed him. We tried to sort of adopt a little bit more of a, a different style of football and it wasn't working for us and bringing him back was, was huge for us. And I think Barry came in at just the right time when we... we We've got sort of damn time and with an injury. Joe Smith was struggling with suspensions and injuries, and and Barry came in and did really really well until he until he got suspended. So they were good signings and did really well for us. And, and again with Zane, it was a, a case of we we'd lost Zazi, who we'd brought in from we took a gamble on from Gresley, who'd come in and done outstanding and. 
I'm pretty sure the kid will go and do do good things at step three, step two. And we lost him obviously to Alverchurch. They they looked at as much as we did to try and keep him. They wanted to take, take the punt on him. We lost him. We just needed to bring a strike in. We were, we didn't actually have a striker at the time, so we'd asked around and and the same Hakeem had a name had popped up. He'd been on loan with Adam. I think he was at Grantham and then had been on loan at Coville from Mansfield and and was sort of sitting on the bench at, at Barwell. So I sort of made some inquiries with Guy and the Barwell manager, and he was happy to let him go get some games. So again, he came in and did all right. But he was, as I said, you know, I said in the past, you know. Anyone that's going to come in and score goals and do really well for for Cozy is going to move on into step three into the local into the local amount of long league big clubs in and around the area. Fortunately, Zane wasn't fully fit as as well as he did. I think if we could have got him got him back this pre season and got him a, a full pre season behind him, I think he would have scored a lot of goals for us this season. But it looks as though we're going to lose him. I think he's going to try his luck again at a step three club. He's a he's an under twenty for uh, Antigua, so he wants to play a little bit higher to make sure he can keep in that squad going forward. So which is fair enough. And as I said, I've still been speaking to him over the last couple of weeks, and he'll always be welcomed back with open arms. But times like that, you've just got to you've got to ring round the managers and see see who's available, see if there's anyone that wants games. And and sometimes that's that's the way that. We have to do things at, at Cozal is you know we've got to ring the step three manager. You've got any bodies that can come out and have some games for us for a month until we can find what we need. So as going back to Ross's earlier point, you know you don't particularly want it to be a revolving door, but sometimes it's sometimes it's got to be that way with with resources and injuries and suspensions and just filling gaps for certain periods of times. You mentioned there, Cameron, about uh, you know trying to fill gaps and what have you and get players in. But where Colesville is based on a geographical basis, you know, you're close to other big areas, the West Midlands. You're not from a place like Solihull and Sutton Coalfield and in, in a sort of quite big conurbation in terms of like potential to sort of look at players where they're playing different levels in the pyramid. The middle football league Premier League, do you find that as quite a good sort of like sort of tapping resource to get players, if, for example, if they're dual registered, for example, and you can get them for a month or so? Is that a league you tend to keep a sort of close tabs on see if any players there might want to come and play you for a, a period of time during the season Midland Football League is a good league some big clubs big crowds that people you know people go and watch and sometimes we can't always afford the place from certain clubs in that but you know we have got three or four lads that will play for us that were registered with certain clubs in the Midland League last year we would look down that avenue towards the back end of the season I think if you're in and around the players you, you try and nick a couple from, from the step five just in case you need them towards the back end if you can but we've got a big you know area to choose from obviously the Leicester area and, and all that type of stuff but again the league that we're in it's sort of trying to drag players across from the centre of Birmingham to come, come to Coza to travel up to the, up the M40s to Oxford and stuff like that when they can sort of play in, in step five and be home at six o'clock for a little bit more money or if not the same money which you know each to their own you know I'm not, I'm not as I said I'm not knocking any of the clubs in step five that are paying a little bit more money They're, you know everyone wants to get out of that league it's such a tough league to get out of and I think you'll notice that any, any team that sort of gets out of that league I think I was very surprised when we just got relegated that year. I thought they would get out of it because they've been a step four club for a long, long time now, and that you know they've seen over the last couple of years how hard it is to get back out of that step five league. So you have to pay the money in that league to get out. The league that we're in hasn't got maybe as much money as, as what certain leagues have got, but it's attracting the right players, as I said, you know, to, into the squad where they're going to fit into the squad, going to fit into the style of play that you want, and be able to to fit in with the lads and put put a bit of a mark on it for you. Cam, looking at your squad and. Some of the players you've got in there, you know, and when you talk about bringing, you know, young players in that are coming down from, you know, step two and step three that probably think they know it all, you know, 19, 20, we've, we've all been there at some point in our lives. But when you come into the dressing room at Cozil and you look at some of the players you've got, you know, Paul Hathaway, Matt Jackson, Danny Time and Barry Fitzharris, Joey Halsall, to no detriment to any of them lads, when you look at, Proper old school non-league lads that know what it's like to roll the sleeves up on a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for for six weeks, and they give you absolutely everything they've got. Have you seen it at any times where you've bought lads in, like you alluded to earlier, that haven't hit the ground running, but some of the younger ones where they're thinking, "Wow, what's this all about?" Because that's brought you success. If you look at that midfield three of Danny Barry and and Joey Alsall. That would probably get into a number of step three sides where you look and go because of everything they bring. I wouldn't say there's a super talented technical footballer amongst them. You'd have every one of them in your team when when it's the backs against the wall. And, and again, I hope that doesn't come across like I'm, I'm doing them free a disservice because I've worked with Barry and Danny. And I'm a big fan of Joe. And you'd have them kind of lads in your team, I suppose, where I'm getting to when you've brought some of these young lads in like young Zane and, and all of that kind of stuff. That's great for their development that they're seeing that kind of 
person and player as well that, you know, you can't take no nonsense because you, you're here to win. I don't care where you've played, playing for us. Yeah, that, I mean, the winners and the the lads that you want in your side, you know, that they dig in deep when they need to. They're always there. They're always, you know, you can see in their eyes it hurts them, you know, when, when we're losing games. And we, and we really struggled at the start of the season, you know, when, we, when we'd lost Joe and we didn't have Barry at the time. Dan Tyman was injured and we were trying different things to try and get us going. And you could see in Matt Jackson's eyes and other players in and around it that it, it was hurting them. We were losing games. And, and when you look around the dressing room, and, and if I'm not seeing hurt in, in lads' eyes, and they're not for me. You know, I was always very vocal in changing games, if you were to ask Adam Stevens, sometimes maybe too much. But I didn't like losing football matches. Uh, and it would spoil my weekend, and it spoils my weekend as a manager. And we, you know, you just ask my wife how, how I can react sometimes when, when we've lost games, and it's worse than a manager because you can only so much you can affect. You know, when you play, if you come off and think, "Well, I played well, we've got beat," sometimes you can take take the positives from that. But when things weren't going right, like like the Whitchurch game, like one or two games before that, they didn't like to be told what they should have been doing, and it showed. You know, three games in, and, and they're all they're all gone. You know, I know one of them's gone on and doing well at Worcester, Sean Brain, and he'd have a lot of time for Sean, but in fairness to Sean, I don't think the formation that we played was suiting him, but he certainly didn't like being told by one or two players that he wasn't good enough, which I would argue against it because, you know, Sean's got a lot of goals, so he deserved a chance at step four, but um, one or two others that had come in and it didn't work out and, and they were told that by one or two players that they weren't doing it, they were, they were soon out the door and it wasn't through anything of me doing it, they, they went on their own accord. So them types of players that you're bringing in, they need to, to be aware that they'll get told. They're old school players and, and Matt Jackson, Joel Souls, they've won promotions from, from the Step 4 league. You know, Matt Jackson, you know, I'll go back to that Sutton team that got promoted, that was a proper team that was, you know, there was no standout individual way of thought, you know, obviously they had Justin Richards, it was excellent for them, but there's no standout individual way of thought, God, they're, they're an unbelievable player. They worked for one another as a squad for their manager and they never knew when they were beaten and, and that's what, you know, I want to try and create and that, you know, in step five we had that, you know, and in certain games this season and last season we, we've had that, but we need to be a bit, more, as I said, a little bit more consistent with that and, 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 and as I said, bringing the right players in that are going to are going to buy into what some of the lads are, are like in the dressing room. It, it, it sometimes can be tough, but as soon as you say I have them in my side, they're not in my side. So from that point of view, and, and again, picking up on a point you mentioned earlier about, you know, and again, hopefully Paul Billings don't fall out when we start talking about money and that now, but you made a reference to earlier, you've never been at a club as a manager where you've had the biggest budget in the league and you've been able to go out and try and attract players from the league above to come down. But from that point of view, in terms of your own learning, and one of the words I hate most when people talk about football is DNA. But when you talk about a Cameron Stewart side, do you think even if you were to have at another club and you know you had a budget three times what you had at Cozil, you'd still want that calibre of industrious, gritty, determined, winning player? And I think it's trying to get that balance right. But do you think is hopefully whether it be with Cozil and you take them up to step three and or you move on to another club that you're, that's your core value that you're sticking for. Forget how good these lads are technically and tactically. It's about Tuesday night away from home, like you've said, you're winning 1-0 and you're down to 10 men. You need lads who are going to stand up and be counted. Do you ever see yourself deviating away from that if you had more money? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think... It's been well publicised with all the podcasts that have been going on about people's DNAs and this is the way that I want to play and you know this is the way you know in my in my opinion the only way to play football is to win so you do what you do to, you need you need to do what to do on the day to win games you know I'd love to be able to get the ball down at the back and play out through the thirds as they say and do this do that which you know we tend to do sometimes you know especially at home but if you've seen some of the pitches that you've got to go to on a Tuesday or even a Saturday you know you you, could, you can't make three passes at some of these places so you need to do the right things and. You know, you look at my side with, you know, that we talked about soft Barry and, and Joe's and, and Dan Timers, they're industrious, they work hard, same with Liam's and all that. You know, on the flip side, we've got George Washburn's, Amavir's, very talented footballers that can win games on their own, but they'll still put a foot in, they'll still, you know, George Washburn's been criticised over the years for not working hard enough for it. He doesn't like to tackle. Well, that ain't the George Washburn I see. I see week in, week out. He takes games by the scruff of the neck. He tries to win football matches for us. He got injured last week about going in with a 50, well, probably 60 in of a lad's favour and come out on the on the back end of it and, and was out for a, for a while in it. So 
when you talk about DNA and stuff like that, I think you know, I think every manager should be wanting first and foremost that that lads have got to be given one hundred and ten percent. When it's going against you, you know, I'll go back to Mike Overall side. When the chips are down, we'll come out fighting because we've got players that'll put foot in. I've got players that'll take the game by the scuff of the neck, and you know, we had lads at Cove that we could rely on to get us three games. And and I think wherever I went, if I had an eight grand budget, first and foremost, the spine of the team would be all about work rate. And I think if you if you go to watch Coville Town with with Adam Stevens as manager, they work the socks off all over the pitch. And the front three that everybody wants, I think Cairo Mitchell, Berich, talented, talented footballers, give them the ball, they go past people, they'll make something happen. But God, they worked hard. And I think you know if you've got eleven players that are working hard, you know work rate or work in games, massive thing. And I think especially in non-league football, you know you, you get as I said, you get a couple of hours with these lads a week. You know, so you've got to make training enjoyable. You've got to make sure they're getting the work rate in. And, and when it comes to a Saturday, you go out and win football matches. It doesn't matter how you win it, you need to win football matches. And I think there's a, many managers now that they want to win football matches the, you know, the right way. I'm the first one to say, you know, when, when I played left-back, all I wanted to do was people to pass me the ball. You know, and I know that's not the part of football that, that works when you're a manager, but first 15, 20 minutes, let's get the team turned. Let's get it in the final third. Let's go, then, then we'll go and play our football. We've got a bit of a forefront. We've got our foot in the game and we're sort of in this tendency a little bit but it's hard work you've got to have the right calibre players to be doing that week in week out on pitch, some of the pitches that, that we play on i seen something on Twitter I think it was last week or the week before and it was the game at Wembley uh, when Colville got to the Vars final and a certain Mr Stewart was playing left back for, for Colville on the gracious Wembley turf that day and I think the ball got whipped out to him in a wide area and the trademark left foot just got ball swept around the, uh, the ball and I think it was Aidan Moore who scored the goal. Do you look back at them days now from you as your player, thinking, I still wish I was playing? Are you quite comfortable now that you've closed that chapter in your life and it's now about Cameron Stewart, the family man and the manager, rather than Cameron Stewart, the footballer? I think I think everyone would still love to be playing if they could, but you know, from my point of view, I finished at the right time. You know, I needed to come away from it, and, and luckily, I fell into the assistant manager's job at Chase Town with, with Dave String as the manager, and it was just perfect timing for me. I'd, I'd got Achilles tendonitis in both Achilles, and, you know, I was really struggling with tendonitis in my knee, and you know, it's all you've ever done, isn't it? Football on a Saturday, and I think if I didn't have the management thing, I think I probably would have tried to keep plugging along down and sort of try play down the leagues and that's not something no, no disrespect to step six or anything like that but I didn't I didn't want to play in them levels I did played I think 13 games towards the back end just to help my assistant manager now at Cozov who was the manager at Addison at the time and I just I just didn't enjoy it you know I didn't enjoy playing at the grounds or the, or the football was what I wanted it to be or and I couldn't do what I was able to do yet, you know, two three years ago because of my injuries and it, it was just that you know I went to chase for 10-15 games it was just the right time to finish and happy in, in management I think this this season coming to a, a sort of an abrupt end really helped me in a way and it's sort of refocused me for the new season because it's been a real tough slog this season it's really not on the way that we wanted it to go and when things aren't going right for you you learn a lot about yourself as a person and as a manager and I've learned a lot this season and, and things that I'll take into next season and sitting back for the last well, sort of four or five weeks yeah, I'm really excited to get back now and, and I just hope that we can get started if everything's right as soon as possible Cameron we won't go to like game by game analysis of the season but uh, looking at the first two months of the season one month in particular was September was a difficult one for you and from manager's point of view when you have like a poor month in terms of results do you actually think about making these sort of particular changes in the training methods or how you sort of prepare players for the games or is it a case of if you're on a bit of a mini bad run for one of a better phrase is it more of a case you want to look at the players confidence levels work more on their confidence as opposed to their fitness levels I don't think it was much to do with the fitness levels. I think we'd sort of come away from, you know, in fairness to my, to my assistant for two, three weeks, he, he'd sort of was saying to me, we need to get back to, to where we were with it and what we're doing at the minute. It's, it's obviously not working. And I think because we'd got the 4G, I, I felt as though we needed to try and play a little bit more and play out from the back a little bit more. And we tried to play a couple of players in midfield that didn't tend to work. And I realised over September that yeah, he was right. We need to move back to, to getting lads in the you know, industrious, want to get the ball back. We made conscious decisions then to sort of change things and it took two or three weeks to get back. We got ourselves into sort of a good position around in and around Christmas, but it sort of deteriorated a little bit after that for one reason or another. But, you know, September was one, was probably the toughest month I've had in management, really. I think we'd lost in the FA Cup. We'd, you know, we'd, we'd lost two or three games that we should you'd expect us to be weak, to win in and, and it, was, it was hard times for us, but 
that's where you earn your stripes. That's where you become better managers, better person, people, and and you learn more about yourself. And we change things around, and I think it coincided with Joe coming back to two or three weeks later as well, which which helped us out a lot. I was looking at the uh, the results during the course of the season as well, Cameron. And uh, one particular month that stands out is uh, for November, which is a different month for uh, George Washburn. Was it encouraging to see that other players like Washburn were starting to get on the score sheet and contribute towards the goals as well? From a manager's point of view, it must be good to see that you're seeing players be more creative and getting involved in the gameplay. And in that particular month, George Washburn had a fantastic month for the club, didn't he? For me, he's the best player in step four when he's on it. Sometimes, he, as I said, he lacks a little bit of consistency, which he's getting better with. We missed George again. He was another he was another factor the first two, three months of the season is where he was injured from the, prior from the season before. and We needed to get him back fit and that's when he started. You know, November's when, when he started to hit the ground running. And, you know, November put us in real good stead. The win at Bedworth was one of one of our the best wins we've had as a club. You know, we went down 2-1 in the 83rd minute and, and came back to win 3-2. And, and it was probably the last kick of the game from Liam Moore. To, to win the game so it puts us in a real good position over you know going into, into games in and around Christmas where you're looking you know you're looking to play Corby and Howes Owen and you sort of think well it's a, it's a free hit for us we've got ourselves in a good position you know if we can get anything out of this any, anything out of these two games against the, the two favourites for the league then great and, and we come away with four points in them games and you thought I think right we, we, we should now kick on but for whatever reason after that with, with injuries and suspensions people were going away on holiday we, we sort of went on a real bad run after that and that really killed us Obviously you, you've mentioned there and got quite a lot of admiration and praise for the likes of George Washburn and stuff. As you then started to hit towards Christmas and January, where you have a, a period of time, like you mentioned, you know, you guys are only training once a week. You're probably playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So going through Christmas, period of games over Christmas, then you get into January, where everyone's on a little bit of a, a downer because they've had all the highs of Christmas, this, that and the other. How did that then look when you moved into the colder months, you know, but obviously by this time you've got Joey Alsall back, you've got a Danny Time and a Barry Fitzharris back. What was your run of form like in that period of time? Was you really, is that when you started to really get a little bit closer to the higher areas of the league that you felt that you should have been at? Well, we got when we got into sort of December and early January when, when we, we drew with Howells Owen on Boxing Day and then on New Year's Day we drew with Howells Owen at home. And but uh, and I think on the on the thing on the fourth of January we beat Corby at home two one and we we went one nil down early and, and straight from the kickoff George has tried to have a little run and he's he's taking a touch slightly too far and, and ended up getting sent off straight away after twenty five minutes so you think well we're going to be up against it but again you're in the trenches you've got you've got Joe Alsalls Barry Fitzharrises and, and people like that dragging you through Joe Smiths and we ended up winning the game two one so you, you're sort of going into January looking. We sort of, I think we're sitting seventh or eighth there. You think right, we're in a position now. We've got to run a games, three, four games. Where I think it was up until maybe the back end of January or early February where before we played Berkhamsted, where you think we could have a right go now. We could, we could really get ourselves in a good position. But I think we went to Spartan after that and, and ended up getting beat three 0 And we we started to stuff a few injuries. We, we you know Joe Joe Cole, who's ever reliant for us as well, he went away to Thailand for a few weeks, and Joe Elsa then got injured, and, and and we started to struggle a little bit. Then we lost Zazi. To Alva Church, and from going from sort of the highs of in and around the Christmas area being Corby, and you know that was our fourth time we went got close to being before that. We really felt as though we could go and do something, and then for one reason or another, with injury suspensions, etc., and we sort of just fell off a little bit and lost three, four games where you know really, really poor performances. You know, we actually got walloped at home by Ellsby United six 0 which was a real shock because. You know, obviously teams get beat, but I would never would have thought with players that I'd got that we could get walloped like that. So it was disappointing. And again, it was a tough month where you're trying to drag yourself back in, in and amongst it. And just before the sort of season came to an abrupt end, we were sort of getting a little bit back. We were four and beaten. We were, we were in the, the JWM Cup quarterfinal against Foldmere to come. And, you know, it was looking a little bit more positive. We are probably going to struggle to get in the playoffs because we left ourselves so much to do. But I think we were comfortably finished in the top 10 again. We'd just been at the last game we were away in Northley. We'd, we'd really turned the corner and we should have beaten them. And they were a team that were right on the brink of the playoffs. And we'd drawn, I think, the week before we actually were in amongst it as well. So we'd turned the corner again, but it was going to be too late. Disappointing, I think, against the depth in the squad at the time. We suffered with 
I mean, we, at one point we'd got, you know, we had four central midfielders. We've got two injured and no, yeah, two injured and two suspended. So we were one thing after another at that point. After the of, of the highs, it was typical non-league football. You were, it felt like you were flying. You brought back down to earth over the next two weeks, and it certainly was the highs and lows of football. And that's something that we've really got to put right this season in, in, in sort of our consistency levels and and stay in games. Just, you know, we recorded against St. Neot, so we lost three 0 I think we had something like thirty-six shots and lost the game three 0 and that was just a one-off, but there was other games where, you know, the game's done and dusted at half-time, conceded one after the other really quickly, and, and they're out of sight. And, and again, it's something, you know, you've got to stay in games, haven't you? If you concede early, you've just got to make sure you stay in games. So it's something that we'll really be looking to work out on for next season. I don't know if you guys at Cozil have got many lads on contract, but knowing when you get, like you mentioned there, four centre midfielders all injured, and quickly on a high after Christmas and thinking, you know what, we're still in cup competitions, we might be, you know, you look at what the likes of Sutton have done over the last few years, what you did last year, where you had a good run second half of the season and it gets you to within touching distance. And then all of a sudden, a couple of injuries and suspensions drop. Again, listening to the the way you talk about creating an environment and having a small squad, does you always have that doubt in your mind of, do you know what, you know, if a, a Danny Tymon or a, a Barry Fitzharris, they're only going to be out injured for... 10 days, they'll be back in two weeks' time. And, you know, we all know what non-league lads are like. You as a player yourself, you know, I think I've seen you on days where you weren't fully fit, but you just wanted to get through and dig in. Does that almost put a little bit of doubt in your mind about going out and trying to bring in players that might only be short-term fixes? I know you mentioned that you've done a lot of work to try and bring forwards in. But when you've got the kind of squad you've got behind your forward line, does it almost, you think, do you know what, for a week or so, we just have to try and get through it because I know what I've got coming back. It's something that we've been good for us over the last few years. When, when we've, had a, we've had a few injuries and, and we've had to sort of play square pegs in round holes, we performed better. We went away to Birkham, said that, uh, I think it was early February. And we'd, we'd sort of, Joel sort of was umming and ahhing whether he was fit. We tried him. He came off after 20 minutes and we ended up with three central midfielders who were sort of one was a right back and two were wide players and we were really really outstanding and we should, we lost the game 1-0 and one of them games where you come away wondering how you've lost the game and missed a penalty late on but we performed really really well it was one of our better performances in the season so sometimes you look at it and you think you know who do I go out and get do I get a player on loan? I'm not a massive fan of getting lads on loan because are they really really wanting to put it all in for a club that they're never probably going to play for again and I think that's something that you've got to ask yourself. I think it's different if you're bringing them in from pro clubs like to West Brom, and I know tough if you get a couple of lads in from there. If you're bringing lads in from step three and step two, or, you know they're coming just to get some minutes in the belt, and you know not die for the cause. Like in certain games, you're going to need it. So I find, although I brought a lad in on low from Alfreton, who was a real, although he only played the one game for us, he was out, he was excellent, a real good, you know, young lad that's going to obviously have a good future on his hands. Sometimes you, I just feel as though you know. I know what I've got. I know I can trust some of the lads to just go and put a shift in for ninety minutes in a position that's not there. And, and, and a lot of times at Cove, we, we did that. I brought into my management staff from him is that he wasn't one that went and got massive squads. There was often times in seasons where I dropped in at centre half or central midfield, or the lads did similar just to fill a spot for a week or two weeks while we had an injury until, until sort of the main lad would come back in. I'm not a massive fan of just bringing lads in after lad after lad after lad just to play two or three games and then get rid because they're human beings at the end of the day. You never know when you're going to need them. You know, I don't particularly like to, to lead lads up a garden path if, if I can help it really. So as I said, it's hard to it's hard to just to, to know what to do at the right times. And I think you know maybe I've made mistakes over the last couple of seasons when we should, probably should have gone and strengthened sides and our squads. I haven't, and I've tried to go with what it is, and then it's backfired with a couple of injuries later, like we did in the first season. I really felt in the first season in, in step five where we kept a small squad, and, and I made a conscious decision of bringing one lad in at the back end of the season to sort of exodus just to, to see us through, instead of bringing five or six in just to sit on the bench and fit, you know, to just to sort of pick up a, a runners up medal or a winners medal if, it, if, if possible. I felt like that was that really did really helped us in in the final match of the season, and, and that's something that I like to try and do. But sometimes it's going to backfire, and I think it has probably backfired as over the last couple of years, and that's maybe something that I've got to change in myself. I think, like you say, though, from that point of view, you know, you might do that five times as a manager, get three right and two wrong, but more often than not, you'll always remember the two that potentially you got wrong, and sit and think a lot more deeper about rather than going. Actually, I got three right. But I think when you look at Cozil as a club, and again, I'm, I think I was there 2014, 15 with Case. They've always been a club that have enjoyed cup runs, 
So whether it be the FAVRs, I was with Paul, we got to the Birmingham Senior Cup semi-final and played Blues at Pack Meadow in front of about a 1,000 fans. From the period of time when Simon and Adam, who you took over from, you know, they had their great running the, the VARs. You mentioned there about that you were still in a quarter-final of a cup competition. Do you think now, from a, a manager's point of view, how do you value and, and look at the cup competitions? Because as players, and when I was you know, with other managers and before, and you, you talk about the League Cup and it's like, oh, we could end up going somewhere on a Tuesday night that's three and a half, four hours away. We don't want that. And some managers want to get out of cup competitions quite quickly. Do you think, for your own point of view now, What's your value around cup competitions? Because like you said, whether it's getting players back minutes, but before you know it, you get to a cup quarterfinal, players are all of a sudden starting to think we might not win the league here, but we can get to a cup final. It does raise players an extra 10 15% knowing that a cup final is close, isn't it? It does. And I think having that quarterfinal, although it was the, only the JW Hood, it was the first time we took, and I say it only, the final was meant to be at Wolves. I think it probably gave us something to look forward to this you know, this season where you're looking, thinking we're probably going to struggle to the playoffs now when it's coming into the middle of February. You know, we're going to have to hope a lot of teams lose games and we go on a, a hell of a run to get in. I think it sort of gave us something to sort of to strive to a little bit. And, and I, I love the cup competitions. You know, I try and play as as strong as a team as I can in, in any cup competition because, as I said, you know, you want to win, you want to win medals at the end of the day. Well, what are we here to do at the end of the day? You know, I don't particularly, you know, I'm lucky enough at the minute, you know, I've, I've won a league, I've won a couple of leagues as a player. I've been to FA Vars finals, won, won cup competitions with, with Koval and that. And, you know, and, and that's what, you know, them days, no one can take them away from you. You know, I don't care what anyone says about the Wembley experience, you know. We might have lost the game, but apart from Hereford, there's not been another Midland club that I've got I've got there for a long, long time. And, you know, you've seen how much, you know, the Kokoza lads go on about the semi-final against Shield, and that was the semi-final. So the cup competitions, especially for Kokoza, especially for the for the FA Cup and the FA Trophy, is, is now they're massive cup competitions because there's money, there's money in it to be had. You know, the League Cup is a, is a difficult one, as you say, because you can end up travelling a long, long way on a Tuesday night. It galvanises a winning mentality. You know, you always should be winning games. And if you if you add another, you know, that's another one chopped off that we've won. You all of a sudden you're on a six game and beat and run. And you know, you've got another couple of games coming for another cup quarter final. It sort of it breeds a bit of confidence. And you know, two or three lads that were in and around the squad, it kept them keen because you know the Matt Jacksons and stuff like that. They don't they don't Matt obviously with his with his ankles injuries that he's had in the past. He stays clear of, of some of the cup competitions. They gave all the lads two or three lads chances, but on on a on a general basis, we, we play strong side because I want to win football matches I don't want to go out of cup competitions you know I think that in the first year in step five when I was the manager we got to the, I think it was the last 16 of the Vars the Birmingham Senior Cup we got beat in the quarterfinal by Stalbridge we got beat in the final of the League Cup as well so although we haven't had good FA Cup runs over, over the last two seasons always try to do well in the local cups and I always respect them cup and try and respect the teams that we play you know we, in the JW Hunt Cup you know I don't you know them West Midland teams. You never never know what to expect from them. So you can't take them lightly. You've got to put decent sides out. And the last thing you want in, as a, as a manager is to get beat by a team in the league below because it's not something you want on your CV. Cameron, then uh, as we head towards the tail end of the season, as you just mentioned, there still in the JW Hunt Cup. Probably at that stage, you probably realised that uh, trying to make the playoff selection on a great run of form was going to be a difficulty for you. But also in relation to that as well then, um, as the season was drawing to a close, were you starting to take stock in, to, in trying to think about what you wanted to, want to do and improve for the start of next season anyway? And of course, now you've had this extended break with the season, unfortunately finishing earlier than what we all expected. Has this given you a real opportunity to take stock now, review the campaign in a more sort of thoughtful sort of manner? And are you already in your mind starting to think like sort of key things you want to start addressing or start starting earlier than normal, start prepping for, for the start of next season? I think a lot of pre-seasons, if we're up and back running and we're, and we're allowed, I think a lot of pre-seasons will be will get started a little bit earlier. We've sat down as a management team. I think we know. I think we know what we need. We need, we, we we obviously need to keep everyone fully fit. You can't help it with suspension. That's going to happen. But you, we need to keep the likes of Dan Tyman and, and George Washburn, who, are, who tend to have a couple of injuries over the last couple of couple of seasons that have really killed the keep at times. They need to stay fit. And if we can keep our our core members and our and our and our so-called better players are fully fit for the for the majority of the season and, and add the right type of characters 
we're going to lose Zane, so we're going to need to add a striker, definitely. If we can get the right type of striker in, that's going to do what we, we feel that we want from a striker. I don't. I really don't think we can be, we'll be far away. I don't think there's much to, to worry about in this league. As I said, in this league at Step 4, everyone beats everybody. We need to go on decent runs here and there and be consistent. And Instead of getting beat late on by teams, take points away from home and make your, sort of a, your home ground a little bit of a fortress where you're winning games and, and putting points on the board. And we did get off to a good start last season, whereas the season before we got off to a cracking start and, and had a bit of a bad run in, in the middle and had, a, had a, and a half-decent run towards the back end. So, you know, if we can get off to a good start, that stands you in good stead for the season. And, and I don't. the last thing we want to be doing is scrambling around six weeks into the season, having only you know, one or two games trying to bring new players in. So as long as the core lads stay, bring the right players in, I'm sure we'll be OK. Don't know whether you sort of managed to have a, an end-of-season do versus Zoom because everyone seems to be doing everything via Zoom nowadays, which I just can't get my head around. Obviously, when the season finished, you would have been starting to think about you know those last six weeks. If I was to say pick a player for manager's player of the year for this year, who would it have been and why? I think probably the standout player this season for us has probably been Amberville in the early season game against Witcher. that Jacob sort of pulled out and sort of said, you ain't good enough, come back, and, he, and he's been... He, can t- he takes games by the scruff of the neck. He's got unbelievable pace. He wins penalty after penalty for us. And his attitude's outstanding, always at training. He probably has to travel the furthest to get to training. A real good lad to have around the dressing room. So it would have come down to between him, Joe Cole and, and Liam. But I think he probably would just shade it this year. Three very good players. There's no choice about that. One game in your head from this season that sticks out as probably being, for you, the best performance or the best result or whatever of the season. Probably the best performance that we had this season would probably have been away at Welling Garden City. It was one of them at the time where a lot of games were getting called off around the country with weathers. Uh, we'd been to Welling the year before and it was wet and it was it was dry everywhere else. So we didn't feel as though it was going to be on. We got a couple of bodies missing. We were outstanding that day. We won three 0 Real good performance. Obviously, the, the performance against Corby, where we won two one, was was up there. But the Welling Garden City game had everything. Had some real outstanding individual performances. You know, people putting bodies on the line at key times, and you know, on a real, real tough pitch. Probably for me, be the standout one. Biggest disappointment of the season and why? Probably the biggest disappointment was probably just the lack of consistency from, from the side, really. Just before the, the lockdown came into place, you know, we played teams that are sort of sitting fifth, sixth, seventh in and around the playoffs. And, you know, we've been the better side and, and, and you look and you think, you know, if we could have just put any sort of run together, any consistent run together, we, we'd have been right in amongst it. So I think really that's really disappointed me this season. If we can get any, any form of consistency, then we'll, we'll be OK. The last one for me, looking at everything from the outside, looking in, you look at clubs, primarily at first team level, but then you also look at what's going on off the pitch, whether that's an infrastructure around you know, junior teams. If there was one thing that off the pitch you'd like to see improve to, to help Kozil maybe move on to the next level, and when I say the next level, I'm talking top seven, top six, top five in the league that you're going into. Is there anything that really sticks out that, if we can get closer to that, we've got a real chance of not just this season, but sustaining ourselves in and around these positions for quite a while to come. Ideally, I'd love a coach to every away game. I think that sort of breeds a lot of togetherness. And, you know, I think, you know, we got the Welling Garden City game, we go back to that when you're coming back on a coach and you've won 3 0 away, the camaraderie, and it, it sort of brings lads a lot closer together. And it gives you that sort of, you know, that dressing room feel where you're looking across a dressing room and you're thinking, yeah, I'll stick my body on the line for that for that lad. I'll stick my body on the line for that lad. They're, you know, they're my mates in football. And I don't, you know, all this, there's no mates in football. I don't, I don't tend to believe this because I've made a lot of good friends in football and every single one of them lads that I played with at Coval, I still speak to now so I think that would be a, a big thing is, is sort of the travel to the away games again but it comes at a cost doesn't it and a lot of clubs you know not just Coval can't afford that Okay thanks for that then uh, Ross thanks for the quick fire round there just leads me to wrap up here on the non-league review just like to take this opportunity Cameron to uh, thanks for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and we look forward to catching you again at the start of next season as well and it just leads me to wrap up and say uh, myself Kevin Moore and Ross Thorpe and all the team at Switch Sport Cameron thanks for your time really appreciate it and you've been listening to Non-League Review on Switch Sport Switch Radio Sport This is Switch